most advertising sucks. It's in your face. It's irrelevant. Maybe it's uninteresting, but it's also valuable. Our attention is the currency we pay for the free games we play, the free news we read, the free services that we use. But what if our attention is worth more than that? We've seen companies like Brave set up basic attention token that allow people to monetize their ad consuming time and attention that mostly works on the web. But Agile says they found a solution for mobile apps and specifically the apps we spend the most time on games. Welcome Jonas. Hi John, good to, good to be here. Hey, super happy to have you. Thanks for joining us. What are some of the challenges you see with the general world of advertising today? Yeah, I think I mean, the COVID pandemic uh, has led to a massive growth and scale usage in the purchases. I mean, basically all KPIs were growing uh, crazy and uh, you could get like, a lot more reach in your standard uh, ad channels and ad network. But um, we see to some extent it slows down a bit again. Uh, all the new users that kind of were attracted to mobile games uh, have started playing them and got their new usage behavior. It's not decreasing much, but let's say the effect saturated a bit and it's getting harder again uh, to uh, to grow your business. We just saw recently in the quarterly reports of Zynga uh, quite a massive drop in the stock because um, the results didn't meet uh, shareholder expectations because we got used so much of these two-digit monthly growth rates uh, in the uh, in the pandemic. So finding your, uh, your uniqueness again and being more competitive again with your in-house buying teams, uh, your in-house creative teams, uh, to get the users you actually need to grow your business has become a much bigger challenge again, I would say, in the past 12 months. Absolutely. And I mean, part of that challenge is getting people to pay attention to your ads. I mean, there's a million ads out there. There's a million apps out there that want your attention, that want your install, getting people to pay attention to what you're doing. I mean, we've obviously used, seen rewarded ads for that purpose where you're getting something valuable in game for your time and attention. And actually that's changing as well. They're, they're spending more time in some of those and, and having to click a couple times to, to get through those. You have a different solution. What is your solution? How does it work? Yeah. So um, the AppLight group has uh, three subsidiaries. And I think the solution we're talking about here is uh, based on our subsidiary, AdJoe. Um, AdJoe is running an ad unit called uh, Playtime that rewards users for time spent in mobile games. Um, how is this different from existing solutions? Uh, we track the time spent from the user's Android phone. It's a solution purely working on Android and rewarding the user to re-engaging uh, with the advertiser's game uh, every some minutes. So it's a really long-term uh, incentive, which is quite different to uh, what traditionally offerwards have been doing, rewarding one level or something at which one level in, in an app or to watch a video just rewarding an, uh, an app install. And when we started with Playtime uh, some years ago, um, uh, the belief of advertisers was not very high <laughs> that this is a, a, a great idea. So we needed to prove the market wrong. But I think there are uh, two uh, differentiators that made us um, a top 10 apps flyer index company uh, as a user acquisition solution. Uh, first is um, this long-term retention really drives, uh, this long-term incentive really drives users to the point in the game uh, they start spending uh, or monetizing uh, for our partners. And the second point is uh, as we read the installed apps from the phone, we are able to profile the user and, and not show the same game to every user. That's the advertiser so, perspective. Yep. 
So let's dive into that. What's that look like? Maybe let's go from the user perspective first. I yeah. don't know you. I've never met you before. I'm an Android user. I come into a game. I start playing a game. And then what do I see that's part of your solution and what happens? Yeah. So you would play a game or you are in an uh, app discovery app or a dating app or any app that has an in-app currency. Um, and our publishing partners, our supply side creates a un unique placement for our solution, like an in-game arcade store um, or a, a free coins uh, placement. The user clicks on it and is informed, hey, uh, you can earn free coins um, for by playing mobile games. Um, it's forwarded to our view, gets a um, suggestion of different uh, mobile games and can start uh, uh, playing those. Um, before the user starts to play, they give us um, a legal and technical opt-in that we are allowed to track the app usage from the user's phone, which where well, we have very high opt-in rates because the user really gets a lot in turn for doing so. Mm -hmm. um, and playing a game tends to be more fun than just watching videos you're not interested in all day, but you can start uh, playing again. So as I do that, do I have to sign in? Do I have to subscribe or something like that? Or are you just, hey, I've got your Android ad ID and I can follow you wherever uh, I've got my SDK in, in a game? Um, yeah. So um, once we are integrated in the Publishers app, um, our SDK is in there. And through that SDK, we can read all the app usage uh, from the user's phone. So once we are in the Publishers app, uh, we can, um, we can see, uh, what the user is doing, which games they are playing, which means the advertiser doesn't need to implement any SDK. Um, there, we just have the standard user acquisition setup with partners, uh, MMPs such as singular or, uh, adjust apps flyer or in-house solutions where we just track the installs and post specs basically. Um, but the whole usage part of the tracking is done through our technology in the publishers so app. So that's super interesting. And you basically went through the publisher part right off the top where you're saying the publisher just integrates and creates some in-game currency and then offers that. Uh, now, let's say you're an advertiser. What does that look like? How do you participate? How do you start? Um, and, and what happens as you're participating in that program? Yeah. So you onboard this as basically as a rewarded video channel, uh, right? Uh, um, you have a short talk to us. Uh, we have a self-service dashboard. Uh, you can set up any test budget and set your CBI and all the global geos we alight and, and uh, start uh, buying from our platform. Um, we have targeting, uh, age and gender targeting, which we predict based on the installed apps of the user, uh, which is, and gives you quite unique targeting opportunities. I mean, and, uh, you can of course filter by, uh, the source ID where, um, where the traffic came from and so on and so forth. So from the media buying side, it's working as any other media platform, uh, out there, if you use the same, you uh, measure your results based on robots. Uh, maybe you can see that in the singular dashboard, <laughs> um, and, uh, or also in our dashboard, if you, uh, connect the data uh, with our dashboard. Um, so that's working the same. I think on the publisher side, if you use this for monetization, there's two reasons to do so. Uh, you get a new chunk of ad revenue out of users, Gen Z users, for example, younger users, you ha uh, don't monetize otherwise. Um, and I think the even bigger reason mainly for our mobile gaming partners is you create an engagement loop because um, once the user installs another game, you might first think, I don't want my user to churn. Uh, but as the user gets in uh, in-game currency of your game every some minutes, um, it leads to the users actually returning. And we saw a user that's engaging with playtime in the first week 
has uh, 20 additional sessions uh, to a user that uh, did not engage with playtime. So it's an ad unit creating engagement and not sending the user away. That's a really interesting point. I think we need to dwell on that a little bit because yeah. one of the big decisions that you make as a game publisher is uh, how do I monetize? And if I show more ads, maybe I make a little bit more money, but maybe my retention goes down a little bit, right? And so where's the balance there? How do I fit that in? Rewarded has typically been an answer to that because it's voluntary in a sense, and there's a reward for it. This is a different thing. This is a different animal here, a different way of looking at it. Talk about how, what that looks like and, and what the value is that, that, that publishers are seeing by including it. Yeah. So, um, we have, um, if you look at, uh, ECPMs or, or opt-outs, uh, in the U S the S we have opt-outs, anything between one and $3 for a user per day that comes to us, um, which is quite high. But if you just imagine you ask a user, um, Hey, here's a new experience. You just basically install the game and start playing it. The conversion rates on these placements are very, very, very high. Uh, but as we incentivize the user in the long term to engage with the ad advertisers games, the ROAS is still created. So we kind of marry the needs that the advertiser wants a long-term retaining user, uh, but the publisher, uh, wants user to come back very quickly. Uh, and this can also be seen, uh, in the monetary results, um, that are, uh, created, I would say. Um, secondly, that's, I mean, uh, money, um, secondly, um, yeah, this question you're raising, uh, ads destroy kind of your usability is a very big one. And to be honest, we are also still educating the market here because I think, uh, seeing this monetary results you can achieve, there's a huge potential of getting this money out of the users you haven't monetized yet without losing the user, especially in games that are more dependent on social dynamics that really also need to keep the non-paying users in their game. Um, and by that solution, um, users do play more than a game anyway, right? Most of them, the heavy, uh, gamers play four, six, eight per day. Um, um, so why not making your app a destination, uh, that users find these new games. Cool. So let's assume I'm the user and I'm, 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 I played this game. I, I got this offer I thought, oh, cool. And so I, I followed it, I installed it. Maybe I installed a bunch of other games. Maybe I'm playing them. I'm a month down the road. I'm two months down the road. I've, I've installed maybe five, six games, whatever it is. And I'm playing them. Uh, what, what, what rewards am I getting? How, what's that look like? Where are those rewards coming and where can I use them? Yeah. Um, it's a very good question. And I think it depends on the case, right? We have, let's say the gaming case, we just talked about, um, the balancing is done by the gaming team. We don't force to give any amount of currency. It's very important. The amount of a certain, let's say coins or gold per day is not exceeded because, uh, then the inner purchases might drop and the game balancing teams in the big free to play games, they are very sophisticated in this question and can set the exchange rate as they like. Then we have the cases more, let's say on the dating side, where you can earn free credits to text more people or on the app discovery side, where you can just play games to earn free vouchers, um, or, uh, shopping vouchers or PayPal uh, credit. And these cases, um, they give away basically everything they can. Uh, so, um, they just, that they still keep some margin because their business is just making money with ads. Right. So mm -hmm. they're at because it's structured around the whole business model, their users in the months can easily earn 10, $15, uh, even more just by playing games because they, out of the revenue share, uh, the publishers getting, uh, most of that is given to the user. Yeah. 
uh, and the mobile gaming on the mobile gaming side, it needs to be um, like much better balance. I would say. Yeah. Super interesting. Is this the perfect alignment of incentives? I mean, you've got people who want to play games. You've got publishers who want people to play their games, and you've got advertisers who want to get in front of people. Does this align all the incentives kind of perfectly? Yeah, that was that was the dream, and the dream came true to some extent. <laughs> I mean, even uh, just before we started, um, Apple uh, killed this whole um, uh, incentivizing app installs of our business back then. It was called right. So um, the let's say the future look on this kind of category category on rewarded advertising was not too positive in the market. Uh, that's why for now we focus on Android and have a massively uh, growing business. But um, as you just said, as it works for the user, the publisher and the advertiser, it's an ecosystem that's created. And with the changing platforms uh, and user needs, uh, we are quite confident. Uh, this is an amazing opportunity for all the three parties, users, publisher and advertisers that will still grow a lot in the next years. You've touched on it briefly, but let's hit some of the results. Um, how is this working? Um, you know, what, what are some of the results that I'm seeing if I'm a publisher? What are some resu results I'm seeing if I'm an advertiser and what, what am I seeing as a user? Yeah. So as user, I think I just surfaced this a bit that you can earn really depending good amount of valuable currency in your game, but, uh, $10, $15 a month, uh, in one of our, let's say real voucher partners that use the solution there. Um, I think on the uh, advertiser side, it's very easy to say, um, we work with around 80% of the top hundred crossing games as mobile advertisers. And for most of them, we are uh, a top five user acquisition channel on Android. Um, and, um, this should not be now too much of an editorial, but I'm just very happy to share that because I think in the major mobile public perception, uh, it's a lot. Right now, uh, people talk a lot about, of course, privacy, iOS 14, and these are very important topics, but this whole, let's say, um, the importance of rewarded advertising for the gaming ecosystem is not talked about a lot, but we are talking, I think by this year, about a $10 billion market, right? And uh, as a user acquisition channel, rewarded video, but also playtime and other units uh, are very, very key for the success of the big mobile gaming players. Uh, and that's why also the budgets are going there. Uh, on the publisher side, of course, if people spend so much in the end, we need to pay this money on two publishers on the other end. So we have publishers that earn six digit amounts per day. Per day. Yeah. Very interesting. Wow. Uh, I had no clue it was that big. I had no clue that you worked with 80 of the top hundred grossing apps. Um, very, very interesting. You've touched on it as well future of measurement, uh, we've seen massive changes in iOS. Uh, we anticipate similar changes, not the same, but along those lines on Android, perhaps as early as December of this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How does that change things for you? Does it change things for you? How does it change things for the market? Uh, on Android, um, tracking is not only dependent on the Google Advertiser ID, right? And what should happen with limited ad, ad tracking is that people can opt out which is already at, as far as I understand it so far, which is very different to people need to opt in, in both the publishers and the advertisers app on, on iOS. So, um, the opt out rates might be 10%, 20, 30, but they will not be 90% what we've been seeing. I think it's major. It's very low. I think I've seen something like 2%, something like that. Yeah. That, so that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, also tracking works a bit differently on Android. Uh, you can work with a referral, uh, which is still going to work. Um, as far as I know, we also work with our own ID 
to track the user acquisition side of things. And then we have, I mean, that's two aspects, right? The one is, can advertisers still track the traffic came from Agile or from certain uh, target groups? I and mean, I think that will still be possible. All of the reasons I just said, uh, even if not, if it will be more on cohort basis uh, or on bigger groups basis, how it's going to be or how it is now on iOS, it's still um, not killing the business because you can still attribute the users came from Agile and they created a certain return on investment. Mm. On the tracking on the tracking side, I mean, we need to we track the app use from the phone and we need to run the rewards or the currency to the user, right? Um, on that side of things, uh, we have a client-based solution basically that is not dependent on the Google Advertiser ID. So there we will also be stable even if the worst case um, would happen on Google. We're in a very interesting time in the mobile ecosystem. Lots of changes, lots of acquisitions, mergers, people trying to create content fortresses, new mini platforms, maybe macro platforms even, amass more first-party data, understand more, and be less reliant on the, the, the actual iOS and Android platforms and what they allow and don't allow. How's that impacting you and how do you see yourself navigating that future? Personally, I see it as very exciting because on the one hand, the market is consolidating crazy, right? App Lab and Board uh, adjust. App Lab and owns 10 gaming studios. It's valued at, at 30 billion. Uh, Iron Source goes into hyper-casual games with Supersonic. On the other hand, Zynga just acquired uh, Chartboost, uh, strengthening their attack stack. Um, we have a big private equity fund um, that uh, bought both Bungle and Mocha. Uh, so also building kind of a, a system there. And I think on the one hand, um, you could say that market is consolidating, which is true to some extent. On the other hand, there's new things happening also, uh, basically every month, new gaming studios coming up, new ad tech solutions. Um, so I feel it's, the market is growing so much that there is consolidation of the existing piece of the cake, but as the cake is getting bigger, uh, the competition out there is still, uh, quite massive. And with, uh, Azure, as I said, as part of the app like group, and, uh, we also play in that game, uh, I would say. I don't know if we build a fortress. I'm German again. Maybe it's a nice house, <laughs> but a very solid one. Um, but here, um, we don't do, have, have not been doing too much M&A yet, but, uh, what we have built, um, we have an app discovery subsidiary ourselves, uh, just dice at show our playtime ad network. And then, uh, Sunday, our own hyper casual game publisher and also our own in-house data solution. Um, and, uh, we're building this product organically and also going into gaming now coming from ad tech, going into gaming with this unique element of rewarded advertising. And I think we are also playing in this game, but I think as long as enough fortresses are growing, the gaming companies build ad tech or buy ad tech and the ad tech companies, uh, build games or buy games, uh, just the market is getting more exciting. Definitely more exciting. It's, um, the, the old, may you live in interesting times, curse perhaps, or blessing, uh, who knows times of chaos are also times of innovation, uh, and lots is going on. Jonas, I want to thank you for taking this time and sharing kind of something interesting and new that you've done has been super successful. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. And maybe as a last remark, um, I do think maybe to on the consolidation topic to put it a bit more extreme, um. What you need to do for sure is you cannot just build a gaming company anymore. You need to build a gaming tech company, or if you build an ad tech company, most likely you will only be able to grow if you have your own reach and, uh, and game stack. 
So I think this uh, puts the requirements for founders in this space, uh, the bar a bit higher than it was ever before. Interesting. Thank you so much, Jonas. Thanks, Jonas.